Hello, this is Voyager Time. I might have something that could ease your journey. Ease it considerably. Reludian crystals. Ingesting just one of these will make you in the tree. Part of the tree. In the tree. Part of the tree. <laughs> I'm Andrew, and with me today is... Sarah. Ben. Nathan. Today, we're talking about Voyager Season 3, Episode 13, Fair Trade. I love the sassiness in this particular Wikipedia synopsis. Voyager approaches the edge of Neelix's knowledge and a trading station. The Voyager has fired 18 of its 38 <laughs> photon torpedoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, this was a tumultuous episode. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that uh, Neelix behaved riotously in it. Okay, I can um, feel Sarah dying. I can, can feel you, her can anger. Can you just yeah. like, make it so that the, your jokes make sense for stuff that... I can put in the episode and have context for the things that just you're saying. Just erase me. Just erase me. <laughs> no way. There we go. There's, Listeners, there's Andrew's intro can, to this episode. It can all be cut. <laughs> Dear listeners, Nathan was 10 minutes late to recording tonight, so I read him literally the riot act, which contains a number of references to tumultuous behavior and riotous behavior. Has busy rioting. What can I say? And so then I made a promise that I would try to work the word tumultuously into the episode. And you promised to Nate do it just, naturally, and now this is what has happened. And this is what has happened. <laughs> Nate preempted me in an excellent way. <laughs> Sarah, we have dumb friends. That's fine. <laughs> um, boy, I sure hated this episode. It was I didn't like it either. <laughs> okay, but like you were I said, right, Sarah, it was better than I expected for a neelix episode i mean yeah there was too much neelix and there were two neelixes which was already annoying oh, but wixaben <laughs> or whatever the fuck his name was wixaben i just called him wix Wixaben. i, I guess Wixabar. all of them have x's in their names i mean when you live on a planet called talaxian and it has no, an x in it's there it's called every... talax they're Sorry. talaxian they're tal you're right <laughs> that's incorrect of me they live on talax and so, talax. Talax. I'm gonna be purposefully obtuse now. Okay. Send me a talax. <laughs> it does sound like a pill or something that you take mm -hmm. for, you know, constipation. Like talax. Yes. Apply directly to the forehead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only it was that easy. I just want to say the thing. It was boring. I spent the whole time painting my nails. I was like mostly me paying too. attention, but like. I did write down a lot of stuff, mainly my thoughts on how Neelix's character is misused and <laughs> could be better, but... Wait, I want to hear about that. Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Let me finish what I was saying. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. The thing that I liked about it is the fact that there now we're not going to have any more of Neelix having like encyclopedic knowledge of wherever they <laughs> happen to be yeah. in this vast area of space. Right. That's gone now. And the fact that he did a bunch of dumb stuff and then there were consequences for them. Not the best, like, not actually, like, real consequences, but you know what I mean. Like, Janeway was actually mad at him at the end. Yeah. Instead of just being like, Oh, Neelix. Oh, you should have just come, you should have just come to us and we would have told you it would be fine. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 right. whatever. Which is what I was fully expecting. Mm -hmm. So Me too. The fact that there, she was actually angry at him and was like, and then he's like, I'll leave the ship. And she's like, no, it's not that easy. I'm like, you should have just let him leave the ship. <laughs> yeah. We had that glimmer of hope. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. When you think about how important it is on something like Voyager for the crew to fully trust each other, like how else are you going to survive for the next seven decades? Right. Mm -hmm. If this was 
a more of a real show where there would be more consequences throughout instead of just like one lecture at the end of this episode. I would like to see him actually being mistrusted by other people on the ship over oh, the next great. few episodes. I don't think that happens, but yeah, the fact it seems that, outside the realm of what they are willing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, after what he did, I don't think I would trust any of I would never be able to trust him again, probably. I'd be like, for sure. I don't mean, he stole stuff. He got two of our bridge officers arrested. Like, not just arrested, but set them up, basically. At minimum, it would take years to yeah. even remotely trust him again. Yeah. But then everyone was just like, oh, well, except for Janeway, everyone was kind of just like, well, it's it's good that you're okay, Neelix. We're so glad that you're, well, I don't know if they said anything, but they were all being very <laughs> nice to him at the end when he was in sick bay because mm-hmm. he, like, kind of fixed the problem. <laughs> Kind of. It was just the most like after school special way that they could have done it. It definitely Mm -hmm. felt like that. I had the same thought. I kept thinking that like the way that Neelix kept on talking to people and then like them having the exact answer that would give him the most guilt possible. (laughs) I kept on being like, they're they're all setting him up. This is going to be a thing (laughs) at the end where they're like, and Neelix, this is why you tell the truth. Right. That's why you always leave a note. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I mean, I thought the same thing because, yeah, he... Especially the conversation with Tom. For real. You've been to prison, right? (laughs) Yeah, and it was because I didn't tell the truth. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's why. That's why you were in prison. Pointed, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even was that why? I don't even remember what why Tom was went to New Zealand jail. (laughs) Wasn't wasn't he like transporting stolen goods or something like that? He stole a loaf of he bread, was, and the choice was get your hand cut off, or... Did he accidentally deal drugs like Neelix? Like, I just think it's the funniest thing. Neelix's episodes are always about him doing some dumb fucking thing and getting mm-hmm. in trouble, and then him trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Just letting like, his friend steal from Voyager to yeah, do a drug deal? I just thought it was so funny that he accidentally <laughs> dealt drugs... <laughs> and he was just and then he didn't immediately go I'm telling on you I'm going to the captain cuz like that's what I feel like real Neelix would do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That actually that worked for me that he would I mean cuz it's the wrong choice but it's the one that is the most the, the it's the choice that requires the least amount of work on his part. The least amount of courage. <laughs> that's that is true. I wish that they had more build up to his like whole insecurity crisis that he is having. Like, is yeah, this... it, go ahead. There, there, well, there was just yeah, there was none of that. I was just agreeing. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> no. Well, no, because yeah, he just it just kind of came out of nowhere all of a sudden. And I mean, this is something that I've been wondering about like the whole show because I'm like, how would Neelix know anything about this? Like. How does he just know everything about everywhere that they're happening to go? And mm-hmm. now, of course, there is a limit to that. And that's nice to see finally. Mm-hmm. But it should have been leading up to this more. I don't know. I, they should have just had something like make it something about how Kes dumped him. And now he's like, well, now what do I what do I do? Like, I have nothing to like tie me to the ship. And what if they don't want me here anymore? Or He should have had like people getting annoyed at him. <laughs> or something and said (laughs) or some evidence that this is actually all in his head and there's i don't know people do actually like him which i can't imagine is true but (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, the the first hints that we get of Neelix feeling insecure about his place on the ship instead of like his place with uh Kess is the the beginning of this episode where he's just like yeah. lost puppy dog trying to become the like e- becoming everybody's apprentice where oh he's God. Frodo going I take one more step and this is the furthest <laughs> I've been from the Shire. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> and somehow managing to be super sexist while he did it. For which part? Where when he was, he was telling Polana like, <laughs> how to do her job. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. See, I I know I see that what you mean that that is sexist, but I didn't even like I just see him as so like blanket annoying in every way. It's just like <laughs> Neelix's personality is just annoying everyone equally <laughs> the same amount, yeah. the same way. It wasn't coming up from a place of sexism. It was coming from a place of he's just an annoying <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So one of the ways that this episode did work for me is the fact that I was like in the beginning, I was like, why the fuck does Neelix want more jobs? He has so many jobs already. He's the chef. He's the like newscaster, (laughs) ambassador, morale officer, like random Delta Quadrant expert, blah, blah, blah. And like half of them are like not real. But Uh how does he have time to do more things besides that and then it actually went into this and explained it it's like the reason that he's trying to get another job is because he feels like none of his other jobs are real which they aren't so (laughs) (laughs) they don't actually need me for these things you're right correct they have replicators that can do your job Mm -hmm. (laughs) like but janeway's a very capable diplomat (laughs) yeah like they would be fine without you. But he like is self-aware of that too when he has like that weird unmotivated breakdown in the bar when he's talking to Wixbian or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like that's why I, that's one of the things that I liked about the way that they wrote this is that they're addressing these issues mm-hmm. where a lot of times they just kind of like throw something out and it's like, here's an idea and then don't follow up on it. So I, I liked that. How would you like Neelix to be used? Well, I wrote a whole thing down about how I think he should be. And this was before he was like, I haven't been any farther than this. So I, it does. I don't know. I think it still would work. I thought that what he should be doing is finding people along their journey or whatever. And on space stations or planets with maps of like Delta Quadrant sectors. And then he can use his like space streets, street smarts or whatever to do research and compare the maps with what he knows about the area or whatever and like make him have a real job instead of just oh i just happen to know vague sentences about this area right. <laughs> maybe it'll be helpful like yeah cuz his information is never more than like one sentence of yeah. setup oh this this area has a lot of ships that go missing okay is that all you have <laughs> that's it <laughs> like have him write up reports have him like give actual information, have mm-hmm. him like make meeting people. Like if you want him to ha- be the ambassador, then have him like contacting people on their on along the way, like in at space stations or whatever. And like meet making these, have him do some embassing, right? <laughs> like just have them making connections that they can use or not use. Cause like in theory, Voyager has not been making very many friends out here. So, Maybe it's better to have somebody who's like a native of the quadrant going and being like the liaison in these situations. I don't know. Something he like that. He seems to know people in the quadrant too. Like yeah. every couple episodes, we like meet someone who he knows from somewhere. Right. And like, I don't know how they would continue that kind of an idea once they're out of his like 
past the limit of his knowledge or whatever <laughs> that thing said in the Wikipedia article. But I don't know. They just could have made him like a competent character. And instead they're mm-hmm. like, let's make him the chef <laughs> and like on a spaceship with replicators where they have never needed a person that was a chef before ever. Mm-hmm. He's just a clown. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. pointless. Yeah. And like this episode, I just like that this episode tried to address his pointlessness. And I still don't like mm-hmm. know what he's going to do after this episode. <laughs> I guess just keep on vlogging. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did address it, but they did it in the least impactful way possible. Right. Because right. like, yeah, he, he never. What was the outcome here? He did it in the most neelixy way possible. Like, <laughs> yeah. He still fucked everything up and had to solve a problem that he created. Mm-hmm. So is that, is that his role now? Like problem <laughs> creator? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I don't understand why there weren't more consequences and why Janeway fully didn't throw him off the ship or say like, yeah. this is your last chance. If you do something like this ever again, if we have to solve another problem that you created and then I wish he had like listed off all the times that he did something stupid and yeah. they had to fix it. Because there's at least like three or four times. Yeah. Like, Preach, and, testify. But on the flip side of that, there are people who have done worse in the past and got literally no punishment. <laughs> I mean, okay, that is true. But I would say it would be meaner. Well, I mean, I don't know. You can't like throw Harry off the ship. He's, he's <laughs> from right, the that's, Alpha Quadrant. That's, that's pretty much the thing. It's like every other time that someone has been an issue, she's like, I want to do something, but I can't because I need you to do your job. Right. And this is the first time where it's like, Neelix, we're like, we don't, we don't, don't really, really need, ha- need you Neelix. to do your job, actually. Right. We, don't really, we don't really need him. <laughs> yeah, he's optional. We could we could figure it out without him. Right. In all those other cases too, it has been a situation where somebody is doing something they think is in the best interest of the ship, right? And Neelix always does things that are in the best interest of himself. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in conclusion, they should have left Neelix on that space station and let him be in stasis jail or whatever. He can go babysit the ba- <laughs> the baby uh lizards. On yes, the, on the planet back there. Perfect. You go make sure they don't destroy the ecosystem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't want to. I don't think putting Neelix in charge of that is a very good idea either. You would probably find some way to make it worse, as he always does. Well, the second they hit two years old, whew, be careful. <laughs> <laughs> you hate the terrible two lizards, you know. Well, I think that's more of a reference to the fact that Kes is two years old. <laughs> That's his, oh my God. Prime, that's his prime dating age. No! <laughs> I love the fact that it took Andrew an explanation for that. Because he always chooses to block out the fact that Kes is two years old. God, that information just will like not take hold in my brain. She's got to be getting close to three now. Oh my God. <laughs> she, no, if they've been on the ship for two years, she's about four now. Oh my God. He refers to them as the terrific twos. You son of a bitch! I was drinking beer when you said that. <laughs> God, it it's in my super... nose. <laughs> Do we need to take a minute for you there, Ben? No, go. <laughs> Did this episode feel like very just sort of weird and awkward overall? Like just mm-hmm. the episode itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. it had 
it had big Doctor Who energy, where it was like <laughs> you were they were just like on a space station and everybody had bad prosthetics. It's just like mm-hmm. the most like fucked up aliens that you could find. The, the highest density of fucked up alien like every everything faces that they could do in one Is episode. That- that's the doctor who so much of that there's a lot of doctor who that's like that that's funny so yes definitely that i was also thinking just like in the like i can't quite my finger what it was like the writing was fine and the 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 visuals were fine it just felt kind of like weird and i was trying to figure out what it was and then it hit me about mid episode like the first 20 30 minutes of this has no music it's just like weird sound effects and background conversations and stuff that's weird. I didn't notice that. I didn't either. Huh. But it was it was really weird and awkward. Yeah, I don't know. That's what's so interesting about sound design is like you just it's one of those unnoticed like seemingly unnoticed things until it's like missing or bad or something. Or yeah. bad. <laughs> the best sound you'll never notice the best sound design. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it never stands out until it stands out and then it's mm-hmm. a problem. Yeah. The one part I really liked about this episode was when they were doing the whole sting operation where they were trying to like set up these buyers for the warp plasma and Neelix is carrying out this just like big bright neon glowing container (laughs) that's filled with warp plasma and the the guy Mm -hmm. goes, where's the warp plasma? (laughs) Like, uh, uh the big glowing box that he's carrying <laughs> in his hands i full like i was fully expecting the buyers to walk out and for it to be janeway and chakotay doing the right. after this school special this, thing this was us just teaching you a lesson yeah <laughs> oh my god that yes <laughs> if they jay walter weatherman did it would have been amazing <laughs> i the thing that surprised me the most in this episode was the fact that Tuvok didn't immediately see through Neelix's bullshit oh, right? when they talked to him. Like, he was being so shifty mm-hmm. the whole time when Tuvok was talking to him, asking him about what he was, about the time of the crime or whatever it was. And The time of the like, crime. He was, he was asking him about his friend Wix because he was on the ship. and th- But there were many other people who were on the ship. But it could... We can't count anybody out, and then Neelix immediately starts sweating and stammering and <laughs> yeah, looking like, guilty. Too much, you know, like an honest person. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> like that's an honest what honest person. people do. Yeah, I just was like, Tuvok, you're better than this for real. Come on, <laughs> where's Detective Tuvok when we need right? Him? Disappointing. What did you guys think of Ensign Vorik? I look forward to seeing him die in two episodes. <laughs> he looks like a reanimated wax statue. <laughs> With a mullet. Okay, but like, what about his character? What character? I mean, he's a Vulcan. We haven't had a, a Vulcan man. besides Tuvok. I didn't have very strong opinions because I feel like Vulcans like are hard to read generally. Like to distinguish, and like I didn't get anything super particular from him. Like it took me a little bit with Tuvok, but like he is, you know, definitely like we've gotten a lot of his character development. So it's always hard for me with Vulcans, like out of the gate, when we just mm-hmm. like have initial exposure to like distinguish from other, yeah, you know, side character Vulcans. 
This dude's lips are the same color as his skin. A healthy, pale ochre. And uh, <laughs> he has no personality to speak of. I guess I didn't like him. <laughs> well, he's going to be in the show more. Like, uh, at a least lot a more? Few, a few episodes. Is he going to be Raphael Sabarge level? or? Uh, it's probably more. A little bit more. Okay. Around then. there. But where did he come from? <laughs> I'm like, he just got promoted from lo- the like the lower decks. janitors. Yeah. yeah, he's now yeah something like that. Did he take uh, Sabarge's uh, position? Oh, Maybe because <laughs> since Neelix murdered him, uh huh. Another crime Neelix has committed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose the role had to be filled. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> personally, I'm shocked we managed to talk for more than 20 minutes about this episode. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I felt like, yeah, it wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. It was just nothing. <laughs> it was just, it was just, yeah, it was there. just nothing. I think, okay, it's not a good episode because it's about Neelix and Neelix is stupid mm-hmm. and a useless character, but mm-hmm. I did, I appreciated that they explained some stuff about his character in this episode. They did the best yeah. they could. With yeah. who they were writing about. With the character <laughs> yeah. that they created and put in their yeah. own show and yep. caused yeah. <laughs> the problem for themselves that he exists. Yeah. yeah. Yep. They fu- they fucked up in episode one by making this character and now they're dealing with the consequences of now making just, bad yeah, episodes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now they're like, shit, we need to make Neelix interesting. How do we do this? Did anybody check Memory Alpha for any cool facts about this episode? Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, sadly, there were no cool facts. <laughs> That's unsurprising for this episode. <laughs> nothing yeah. about anybody's lunch? I'd say I was really looking forward to learning about that, but there was nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's supposed to be a season one episode, and they swatch it out for Jatrell. Can anybody tell me which one Jatrell was? Just right off the top Jatrell. of your dome. Nope. Was that the one with the, like, uh, the, like, genocidal dude? I'm pretty sure it was the one oh. where Harry Kim dies. There's two of those. Yeah, there's how many Harry Kims are you? Oh, no, you were this, right. It was yeah, the genocide guy, the the doctor guy, the yeah, who yeah. developed the weapon. The, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember him having that kind of a a name. So, um, that's it. Basically, I mean, we we sort of got the rest of it here. Oh, here's an interesting fact. There is a deleted scene that resolves the Kess and Neelix situation. They filmed a scene where he goes into the science lab. And he sees Kes, and he hasn't talked to her since the episode where she dumped him. And he says, you know, I know we've drifted apart, and I know that we're no longer a pair, but I want you to know that I still love you and that you'll always be my best friend. And that's all that Ethan Phillips had to say about the scene. That's what he said in it. I don't know what Kes said, but at least they were trying to Mm -hmm. do something Mm -hmm. with that. Didn't try that hard, or they deleted it. But yes. Did you want this episode to be longer? No. (laughs) (laughs) It was already too long. Um, I do actually have an interesting fact about this episode. Okay. This is an Emmy award-winning episode. Would you like to guess for which category it won an Mm -hmm. Emmy? Sound design? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some type of special effects. Like the prosthetics. Costume Uh, design. It beat out the Deep Space Nine episode Trials and Tribulations mm. for outstanding hairstyling for a series. 
Hairstyling. Hairstyling. Which part of the, the, the what? Neel- I don't understand. The Neelix mutton play. chops one. That's all I can Ugh. think of. Mm-hmm. Or that other alien guy who had yeah, hair hanging the, off his face. The, the Talaxian Barat, mutton chops, Barat, I should say. The, the what's his name? That yeah, Barat that was doing the uh, murder investigation. Yeah, that guy had that yeah. Thing. They, yeah, there was some pretty wild hair in this one. I bet it was mainly for the Talaxian stuff, though, because there were two of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they have, like, creative face hair. So I guess that would be what mm-hmm. it was for. Creative face hair. Yeah, they have the freshest mint whistle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't want to talk about Neelix anymore. Ethan, Ethan Phillips said he liked this episode, so. Good. I bet he <laughs> yeah, did. He I got mean, to that on screen a lot. Was, yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah. I'm ejecting from this episode. This week, we also watched Adventure Time Season 5, Episode 3, Five More Short Grables. The only episode of Adventure Time so far that has made Ben mad. (laughs) A series of short stories centered on Finn and Jake, Marceline, voiced by Olivia Olsen, Tree Trunks, voiced by Polly Livingston, and The Ice King, voiced by Tom Kenny, and Bimo, voiced by Nikki Yang, with a common theme revolving around the five tastes, hosted by a mysterious man named Cuber, voiced by Emo Phillips from the future. And season five, episode four, Up a Tree. Finn and Jake's game of catch goes awry when their frisbee gets stuck in a large tree. Finn decides to fetch it without Jake's help, but he inadvertently gets captured by the residents of the tree. Finn teams up with a squirrel who is berated for believing he is a flying squirrel, voiced by Mark Marin. The two successfully escape. I will say this is not the first episode that has made me mad. It's just the first one that I've brought it up in our, in our <laughs> text channel. That it's made me what mad. was the first one that made you mad? I was actually a little bit mad at the the two last week. I just didn't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought I thought they were great episodes. I just felt like there was a lot of drama and then essentially no resolution to it. Uh yeah. I mean, they they ended it with with like hey, change this other guy's wish and then that's it. <laughs> like that, for a, for such a like big storyline that normally they do such emotional payoffs, I didn't feel like they did any sort of payoff, so that's all. What more would you have wanted? I mean, I know you're not a writer. I'm just curious like is there something that could have done more for you? I I think I th- li- I literally think that it's the fact that Jake Jake's wish was just sent making the lich send them home. Because mm-hmm. it didn't feel like that actually solved anything. Mm. It felt emotionally unsatisfying to me because all it did was send them home without fixing any of the conflict that that, that they had been having with the Lich yeah. or any of the things that had been happening in that room. So, yeah, no, I thought it was a creative wish, but you're right. It didn't actually like emotionally resolve anything. It was just sort of like a logical solution. Yeah. Anyway, I think it might have been a little in, like a little more interesting if they had like a you know, you know, Prismo set it up so that Jake would make the wish that did not have any side effects. But I think it would have been interesting to have like a, like something that had a subtle side effect that kind of like, I don't know, continued on, like mm-hmm. just kind of changed, you know, the world permanently, like going forward. Maybe it did. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? One of oh, yeah. ones. <laughs> We're moving on to these episodes. <laughs> okay. I have basically nothing to say about this episode. Um except I love the Grables episodes. They're silly fun and the rock mm-hmm. giant was cool. Mm-hmm. Is there more than Are two? we gonna get another five more short Grables? I believe there are two more. Okay, cool. There's at least one more. 
so Ben, you didn't you didn't guess the five tastes right away? <laughs> no, surprisingly enough, I didn't. <laughs> I was so I was like, okay, I'm gonna actually try to get it this time. <laughs> And then I was like, okay, they're all using their fingers doing something. Yeah. And then at the end, oh, what a good boy it was like, I? oh, what a good boy am I? And then it was like, oh, you thought it was going to be that? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I felt so insulted. <laughs> <They were> like, <laughs> How ridiculous of you to think it would be about fingers. Yeah. <laughs> People haven't had five fingers in 10,000 years. Yeah. No, blabillion glavels is what he's saying. <laughs> ben, the key is you have to let the gray bowl dribble all over your mind. I guess. We'll have to let that happen next time. I, like, my first guess was honestly that the gray bowl was going to be about like holidays because they were they were doing the thing with the like the Christmas pie. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe that's something right there. Mm-hmm. And I I took the wrong part of Christmas pie to focus on. <laughs> <laughs> I really love Jake's tummy bib. Oh my god, I hated it. I wrote down that's horrible. No. Yeah. Aww. They're getting much more creative with the Jake body horror, and I'm yeah. so into it. Yeah, they are. That's what's always so fun with this character is there's literally like infinite things they could choose to mm-hmm. do. I really loved the tree trunks part mm-hmm. <laughs> where she thought the wor- worm was the finger on the statue <laughs> that it was flipping her off. Can't see and she reported it to the police. <laughs> The police failed me in my time of need because they because <laughs> they couldn't spell her name fast enough. Uh-huh. The wheels of justice turn just turn too slowly, <laughs> so she turns into vigilantism immediately, mm-hmm. giving out pantyhose filled with newspapers. Yeah, and then Cinnamon Bun just put them on. Yep, <laughs> <laughs> I really love that scene. Which she calls them blackjacks, but they just. Yeah. Yeah, he has a newspaper in it. I made you all blackjacks. Her little blue beret in that scene was so cute too. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And then Ice King proposing to his own foot. Yeah. Oh, that was whole oh, sequence was so that's... upsetting. <laughs> oh. every, I was like, every we just time. had this whole long conversation about how he's this like really good person who yeah. like ultimate sacrifice type stuff and then this is what he does in the next <laughs> episode. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. I'll say this. Adventure Time is one of the only shows where those two things could live equally side by side. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, just another one of those nightmare close-ups of yeah. any part of Ice King and how t- fucking horrifying it is. All his toes <laughs> point different directions. <laughs> I tried to think of something deep and interesting about the Grables here, but I, it's just a chance for them to be silly. It's just mm-hmm. silly. Yeah. We got football back. That was nice. Football's a real baby girl now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did also have a scene of Jake and Finn assaulting a squirrel with their thumbs. Oh, yeah. That's well, right. And the, fro- and the frog. <laughs> the frog with all the holes in its butt. Yeah. Hey, gross. Yep. Cut it out. Oh, I, didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like the frog in the first, like, as well, but they, t- the, they took that squirrel, lifted up its arms, and just shoved their thumbs in its, <laughs> in its armpits. Yeah. It was a little yep. bit upsetting. Yeah. Just everywhere. <laughs> oh, what a good boy am I. Oh, good boy. Yeah. <laughs> I like how they did it as, like, it was 
like Bloody Mary or something. Yeah. The lighting and yeah. the, the way that scene was animated. Mm-hmm. Bimo drinking tea was very funny. Oh, and so sad. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> just pouring just, down its face and just. Oh. Yeah. Bimo <laughs> just wants to be a real person. Bimo yeah. is a real person. What are you talking about? Well, Bimo actually gets a really lovely story arc in a later episode about that sort of thing. And I'm, I'm really excited for that. Bimo is a real person. Bimo is a computer. I don't plug controllers into a real person. I don't have my face doesn't change. Bimo is a real person. Excuse you. (laughs) I do have more to say about the second episode. Are we we ready to move on to the second episode? I think we're ready. First of all, the opening where Jake is running and it's just going dog, 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 dog. Correct. No, it's bark. Like, no. You say bark. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I really, I really liked when Finn is like, "Hello, I'm a human." Hello, oh, I'm, a, I'm human. a human. Because that's how I feel. Like anytime I have to go outside and interact with people, you know, mm-hmm. after being in a pandemic for so long, I'm mm-hmm. like, "This is hello, I'm a, I'm a human." <laughs> like I feel that level of weird about mm-hmm. it now. Um. This was an interesting episode. So this is the one where the frisbee gets stuck in the tree. And I like how it opens with Jake just like easily being able to get it. But Finn is like, no, I'll be polite. I'll, I'll get it myself. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm, I'm already up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of like goofy stuff that happens in it. But I really felt like overall, like it was this sort of it was just a fun, simple celebration of like you know, when, you're, when you're a kid. Mm. And climbing a tree can just be this huge dramatic adventure for you all yeah. day. Like all these little things that happen to you or, or mm-hmm. you know, like getting the perfect Frisbee throw. Like it was just just a, a celebration of those little moments from your childhood that uh, were so important. that were so big and, and huge mm-hmm. in your life, all encompassing in those moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was that part of me that was like irrationally excited about the episode for like that reason, because it just brings back those like vivid memories of yeah you know the sort of things you might imagine while you were doing that as a kid you know so it's just like seeing that put put on a screen and animated was a it was a fun thing it's just really it was like you said simple but like really reflected that experience i mean simple by adventure time standards yeah Mm -hmm. because few tv shows it's just your Could standard feature. eat an apple and you know, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh and then you meet a weird cult of animals that worship the tree and mm-hmm. want to stop you from getting your frisbee because reasons no because it's in the tree it's part of the, the tree. part of the tree it's just like midsummer i uh i have never seen midsummer me neither i heard it's spooky that's why i did not watch it <laughs> um uh, no comment <laughs> <laughs> Then you would probably hate it. Andrew, you might like it. I don't know I what like you would it. think, Nate. It's fucked up. I like Florence. Poo. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, my letterbox review says something like, this is the kind of movie that has imagery in it that's going to stay in your head for the rest of your life. So just go into it prepared to live with that. Oh, boy. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I can't do it. Okay. No. <laughs> Probably no, no, I. Not. You're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We give it five stars. It's a good movie. Holy shit, Sarah! You verbatim quoted your own letterbox review. <laughs> okay. I don't <laughs> <remember>. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
<clears throat> anyway, it's not really anything like this episode. I just thought it was funny <laughs> to say that, but then nobody's seen it, so it doesn't matter. It's just there. There's this aspect of like going to a place and being feeling trapped there. That's all. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, Finn is so like optimistic and lighthearted in, in most things that he does that it never really feels that like upsetting in this. But you're right when you think about it, it is extremely upsetting what happens to him. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He's like. Yeah, it is. He's midsummer, so so marred. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you know the casual so verb that everybody it's just knows. Just like that. Just like it. Just like Bart. I just I really liked the owl's accent. Mm-hmm. He sounded like Winnie the Pooh from uh, the kids. There's a reason for that, Andrew. That's because he's no. voiced by Jim Cummings. No, what? Yep. <laughs> it all comes together. Holy shit. <laughs> Okay, so then I wonder how much of this is really intentionally about being, like, kid stuff like that. I mean, I feel like it has to be, because they're, like, to your point, there's, like, that kind of iconic childhood thing of going out and climbing trees, and, Mm -hmm. like, all of the... I mean, there was something just even about, like, how they animated that little climbing sequence, where it's just, Mm -hmm. like, that is how it felt. Mm -hmm. Like, so, I think they just kind of leaned into that. We also saw Lady has a baby bump now. Mm-hmm. Which I, I still... I didn't... I'd forgotten How about that. How could you forget? Because I had thought <laughs> about Lady in a while. <laughs> She's having dog-a-corn babies. Dog-a-corn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we find out about that, I think, next episode. They get born? Yeah. Hmm. Whoa. Hmm. I, I don't want to talk too much about that, but... um. Uh, it's not next episode the episode afterwards the, the the episode coming up the next episode is one of the most fucked up episodes of adventure time i've ever seen <laughs> oh good <laughs> it's just so, like midsummer i just looked what? at the like images on <laughs> on imdb and uh what the one for the next episode strange and then i also looked at the one for the one after that and i see the i see the babies and they are very cute Speaking of images that will stick with you for the rest of your life, this plot, like all this stuff that happens, this sticks with me for the rest of my life. There's going to be a lot to unpack with that next one. But I am very excited about the all the Jake the Dad stuff because this is one of those things in Adventure Time that sticks. Once the kids are born, Jake is a dad forever and they come back a lot. Hmm. That'll right be then. nice. Yeah. And it's really cool to start to see Jake have to reconcile who he is with the responsibilities he has as a parent. Well, it's interesting. Like, I wonder like how much that went into like the, you know, what we saw when he was hanging out with Prismo and like his responsibility to Finn at that point, like Mm -hmm. it seemed like it really balanced that sort of Jake kind of being, I don't know. I don't, I still don't know how to phrase it really. Like irresponsible is not the right word, but like, it's kind of a dirtbag, like in, the, in a charming his way. Respo- his responsibilities aren't his focus. Like they're kind of yeah. fall by the wayside. So it's going to be interesting to see like, yeah, how his character changes as a result. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm the last time I saw it, I was, oh gosh, I don't know. Early 20s, probably. And so. Not a dad. And now you have so yeah. many kids. And now I've got. <laughs> They're just fucking just everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> so I am really interested to see how the Jake the Dad stuff hits me uh, as a parent. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, we're talking about episodes that are not right now. Do we have anything else to say about these? No. No? I did like the squirrel a lot. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> Mark Marin. I don't really know much about him, but I really enjoyed his line delivery in these episodes. Mm-hmm. Just how convinced he was like, no, I'm a flying squirrel. No one believes <laughs> yeah. that I'm a flying squirrel. And then they jump out of the tree and he's like, no, I'm just a squirrel. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? Well, speaking of Grables, do we have any this week? Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. A, a, a rare Ben Grable and a Nathan Grable, which is extremely common, rare. Common. Common. But always enjoyable. Sarah, do do you have one? No. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Ben, I would very much like to hear your grable. Uh, We had Neelix in two of these episodes. God. (laughs) (laughs) Who? (laughs) (laughs) There were worms coming out of the tree as, as Finn was climbing up. Oh my god. Well, and there's a worm flipping off tree trunks in the other one. Mm-hmm. There's uh, worms in all the episodes and they're all Neelix. I think I just I broke think, Andrew. I think the worm in the Grables one is the most accurate to Neelix's character. Somebody who <laughs> does something stupid that causes a problem for everyone mm-hmm. else. And doesn't mm-hmm. realize that they've caused a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hate how much I like your Grable. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure if i should take that as a compliment you should it it is it's intended as one okay oh boy man well nate i'm sorry to tell you that there's no way you can top top that that one yeah there's really not i'd like to hear it anyway uh there's there's uh some trickery some trickery in this episode (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Wix and, and Neelix had to uh, trick the drug dealers with the with the bad the, the you know plasma trade whatever and uh, the woodland creatures had uh, tricked Finn with the cursed apple because they told him to eat it to reinvigorate his climbing ability and we got tricked by the Grable's episode mm-hmm. <laughs> Grable guy tricked us uh, that actually makes me think of a Grable yeah the sample of warp fluid would have left a bad taste in the buyer's mouths. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet don't it would. <laughs> well, forest animals, join us next week as we watch Star Trek Voyager season three, episode 14, Alter Ego and Adventure Time season five, episode five, All the Little People and episode six, Jake the Dad. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes and wherever the hell else you want. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Voyager Time, Facebook Voyager Time. Uh, email us VoyagerTime at gmail dot com. I should really check that email at some point soon. <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, send us an email to whatever that email address was, or you can send us mail and packages to two. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'll cut that out. (laughs) Or bleep it, maybe. (laughs) Send all your edible arrangements to that address. Good fucking God. (laughs) Are we done? Are we done? I think so. Is that everything? In the...
the meantime, we'll just wait for you here. By the mausoleum. With our backs turned. With our defenses lowered. Come along with me. Sexiest place to wait with your backs turned and your defenses lowered. Good God. Mm. <laughs> Join me in the mausoleum. We can turn our backs on each other. We can lower each other's defenses. Ooh. And then, wait, what are you doing with your backs to each other? Oh, I don't want to know. Can we just not ask Andrew this thing? <laughs> Let's turn our defenses I mean- and lower our backs until they're next to each other. Oh, I can't think of a better thing to do than be at the mausoleum with my back lowered. (laughs) No. I hate this so much right now. You're not lowering your back. Get that You're lowering your defenses. Oh, raise your defenses for me and lower your back. No. (laughs) I want it so low. It's basically on the floor. But I want your defenses to touch the ceiling. Mm, I'll just wait for you here. (laughs) Make yourself completely (laughs) inaccessible.